Hey guys, and welcome back. This sure, week's... shut it, shut it. Nobody cares. <laughs> have you been on TV? That's the question I got for you. No, you haven't. Okay, I have. Right, crime watch, crime watch. Well, I don't know if that counts. I'm not they sure. They didn't identify me, so I got away with it. Yeah, it lucky really, you. Really count. But I have been on TV, which automatically makes me famous and therefore more important. Okay, <laughs> we all know this. So I now have special rights as a celebrity. Uh, I can avoid taxes, fiddle kids, etc., etc. And <laughs> what? Nobody's going to take that out of context, are they? What? Surely not. Surely no. not. No, I'm not going you, to do those things. Are I'm you referencing any any particular celebrities? You know that you might want to out at this point, because obviously I know that you guys in showbiz there's a yep. lot of showbiz secrets. <clears throat> so if you are willing to come forward with with any names of any potential pedos, then. Uh, and do let us know. And if if not, then let me know off the pod. I'd love to know this kind of... I'd love to get the insider track on the showbiz gossip. All I'll say is I now view Little Britain differently. That's all I'm going to say. <laughs> I'm not saying names. I'm just saying. <laughs> I want that one. I'm just... Do you know what I mean? Does, <laughs> That's all I'm saying. Does being on TV mean that you now, by law, you don't have to queue for anything? Yep, just I push in, do whatever I want. I don't no, have, they just see the face and they go, that's the guy, that's the Bill World guy. But, yeah. you know, <laughs> to the front I go. Not just dead monarchs, but with anything with Mackies. We'll straight to, to the front. Straight, straight in there. there. Bam. They know you're ordered now by now. I've got a black card. Filet-O fish, carrot sticks, and a bottle of water. <laughs> that's me. That's me all over. Basically got a Wikipedia page at this point, you know. <laughs> Pretty much. Uh, but this week we are going to be talking about uh, my TV appearance, my first date. We're just going to be talking about me for an hour. Shall we do yep. that? My favourite topic of conversation is yeah. me. <laughs> uh, you're, you're a close second, though, so I think it'll be, it'll be palatable for, for this week, for this week at least. Yeah, we'll get through it, won't we? I guess. It'll be a slog, but we'll get there. I'll shoehorn me into it somehow. I'll I'm sure you'll try well. at any try. given opportunity. Um, <laughs> where do you want to start then? I mean, we, should we start at the TV appearance? Should we delve into that? Yeah, let's delve into that. So it's a Steph's Pack Lunch, wasn't it? Channel 4. Nice, yeah. nice light, light lunchtime show. Yeah, it Channel is. 4's rival to uh, to Loose Women, presented mm-hmm. by the lovely Steph McGovern. She's lovely on TV, isn't she? I don't know. She, she, could, she could be an arsehole in person, uh, judging from what you've said. But, <laughs> <laughs> but she seems lovely. She's got that lovely Geordie lilt, you know, in her voice. You know, mm-hmm. Northeastern kind of lilt in her voice. And she always seems to be smiling. Well, I was I was told to get to the studio at half ten. I thought, yeah, I rock up a little bit late. Two minutes late. Why not? I'm rock and roll. Sue me. Yeah, can, I can do that now. Do you know what I mean? I can do that now. Do you I've put any special requests? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> you put so, any special requests on your rider? Like uh, any just dressing room requests? Just a satsuma, please. Satsuma. Um, no, I didn't. Roll. I didn't, but I should have done. Should have done next <laughs> time. Um, but no, I, I rock up to the studio and you get there and. You get shown in by one of the runners to check that you actually should be allowed to be there. And then I was shown up like to the first floor. And as I was passing to the green room where all the guests sit and everything, you walk past Steph's dressing room and Steph's there and her hair and makeup done. And I sort she of got an open back. door policy. Is she? Yeah, the door's open. She's oh, speaking to someone like She is lovely. And she's having her makeup and hair done. And I just, you know, pop my head in like, oh, hi. And she she <laughs> sees me as I'm walking past. So we both like lock eyes with, oh, hi, Ed. And she's Did like, she know who you were? Because obviously yeah. she used to present the show, but she might not necessarily know exactly everything about everybody that's on. But she yeah. knew who you were. She was like, yeah, so she knew straight away. So we had a little chat. She's seen the billboard. She's seen the billboard. <laughs> yeah, they yeah. film the show in Leeds, don't they? So there's a, there's a good chance they might have driven past it. Exactly. So, um, yeah, we had a little chat just as I was passing. Well, I stopped and had a quick chat with her and she was, oh, how are you? How's everything going? That kind of thing. And she was having her hair and makeup done. And off to the green room, I went because I had to be there two hours, more than two hours before I actually was due on air. 
So I was told to be there half 10, but it was 12.50 that I was actually due to be on. Right. So over two hours. What time's the show start? Is it half 12? 12.30, yeah. Half 12, yeah. So two hours. And they're obviously going through rehearsals and they wanted me to sort of, I think they they wanted me to do a like a rehearsal as well, but there was nothing really to rehearse. So they brought me downstairs for rehearsal at one point and then told me to go back upstairs again. But like they can't. I think I almost feel like it's worse if you do rehearse it in the hmm. sense that you're then kind of thinking of funny lines to say or whatever. If you're only on for about five minutes, only five, ten well, minutes. Well, this is the thing. That. So it wasn't a rehearsal for the interview. The interview wasn't the, the rehearsal bit. They wanted to do the rehearsal for that bit before the break, where it was me looking at the camera. We will we will get to that. The, yeah. the, the single most bizarre piece of television they, I've seen broadcast in, in a while. They say. wanted to rehearse me doing that, which is quite <laughs> unusual. I mean, really, it's quite unusual to have to rehearse that, but it was to, to do yeah, the we'll camera so they, so they got the camera swoop right, basically. That's right. what they were trying to rehearse. And so you you knew where you were looking basically yeah there's a lot of cameras on the so scene I, you know? I get sent into the green room there's a few people there that are like hope sort of guest hosts on there that they sort of have on sort of regulars but then there's some other people they don't have on as regular as well so i'm having a little chat with them and it is a it's the room is green this green room it is it is it's a literal well. it's a green green room then basically. literally green and they've got like a tv on the background and you can you sort of watch what's happening on set basically yeah so you watch put, it you as... put loose women on <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> i'd rather be watching this to be honest <laughs> so you can you see like steph steph's not in like her full outfit at this point she's doing the rehearsals in like a hoodie with like a hair and makeup done i can um, just imagine her for some reason just walking around with like a towel on her head and a dressing gown yeah. with like a with like a mug of tea. She just seems normal, I think is what I'm trying to say. She seems very jovial, very approachable. Obviously, I mean you approached her as soon as you saw the dressing room door was open. Yeah, I mean so, it was sort of like I, I don't we just seem to lock eyes as I sort of walk past <laughs> and it just seemed to happen. I don't know. I don't really know. It wasn't don't, as, it, don't ruin it. You went on the date with her, but don't ruin it. It was, <laughs> it was Steph McGovern, wasn't it? It's nice to hear of a, a story where somebody feels attracted and allured by a celebrity's kind of dressing room as opposed to Kind of running away from it and trying mm-hmm. to trying yeah. to avoid it at all costs, shall we say? Well, I was just annoyed I didn't have my own dressing room. To be honest, like, where's mine mm-hmm. for my one-off appearance? Do you know what I mean, why have I been lumbered in the rest of everyone else? Were you were you mixing in the dressing room with the other people that were on? Because I saw the people that were on on the same day. They had that celebrity chef on the bald one that was on street. Yes, they had Simon, who's been on like he's one of the chefs on Sunday brunch as well. And then they had the vicar. I think Richard. I think he's like a gay vicar. Oh, he was on Strictly. Richard Coles. Yes, that's and it. Richard he... Coles. He was the, was he? I mean, you've met him, so you probably know better, but he was the keyboardist in the Communards who did the Don't Leave Me This Way song in the 80s. Don't leave oh, me this way. He was the keyboardist in, in, in that. And a vicar as well, a reverend. Yeah, and a vicar. Um, so, yeah, they were, I didn't see them in the green room. They were just sort of downstairs because I think they were rehearsing a lot. They've got, they're obviously yeah. on the show a little bit more. Uh, so I think they were just rehearsing a bit. So they weren't necessarily in the green room, but they were hanging around downstairs. And I did speak to the vicar, actually, because when I came down for the rehearsal, I sat in a chair next to him and we, he just started chatting. We just started chatting with each He's other. He's a very nice guy, yeah. So I told him about like the billboard. That's the reason why I was on. And he then, you know, asked me questions about that and then starts talking to me about his dating life as well. Yeah. I was like, he's on a, this dating website trying to find somebody because he's lost his lost his partner a while back. And he said, you know, I'm 60 years old, I'm gay. Like it's very difficult for me to find somebody. I was struggling <laughs> Boy, do I have an app for him. <laughs> Maybe so not. He was on like some sort of celebrity dating app, I think. I think it was Ooh, something like there's it one I'd heard. But it was like oh, a website oh. as opposed to an app. It was like starsdating.com or something. I don't know. That's how you know you're old when you move off of dating apps and onto dating websites. Yeah. I get it all the time on, on YouTube, muslimdating.com. And <laughs> I don't think their algorithm is particularly 
as uh, as well refined as TikTok, shall we well, say? Yeah, pushing, maybe not. If they're pushing that onto me, but yeah, I'm, I'm firmly on the dating apps, not the dating websites. Just yet. give it a couple of years. It made it made me laugh that he said um, he had his PA fill out his dating bio. <laughs> to <it all. laughs> He's like not had any success yet from that. It's not had any success. Exactly, it's the PA's fault. Sack the PA. <laughs> but it was uh, it was interesting because I was like in the green screen uh, in the in the green room um, backstage, and there was one of the w- women that was going to be due to be on, and she she was from like Lancaster. She was like really she was taught like this. She was like <laughs> one of them who was like really quite out there. But she was like really nice, and she just made yeah. me feel quite comfortable. What was and she on there for? Do we know what she was doing? I think she does like alternatives to expensive makeup, basically. Oh, like, like for the cost street. of living and a crisis. Yeah, yeah, I think that's basically what it was. Tip and all that, right? Yeah. Yeah, so she basically found like really good cheap makeup um, and was comparing them. Um, but yeah, she was she made me feel sort of at home and comfortable. And to be fair, a lot of people on the show are actually really nice. It was it was there's a lot of good runners and producers and things on the show. And um, but it was weird seeing like behind the scenes of how TV's filmed. So yeah, you see them like there was a, the the opening part of the show is um, isn't live. It's like the opening minute, just about um, like introducing what's to come. That's not live. So that's pre-recorded that bit. And seeing them do like two or three takes and like not get it right on like a couple of takes was really interesting. Really? Like, so they were yeah. like having to do it over and over. She was Steph was fucking up, was she? Is that what you're saying? It, no, not not Steph. She was, getting, Steph. she was getting annoyed. Not Steph. What a diva. But like 15, but this is like 15 minutes before we're due to go live. So they do like two or three takes here. And so obviously, yeah. t- you know, time's running out a little bit. But it was interesting seeing all that happen and like the, them reusing the jokes and doing the same laugh, <laughs> that kind of thing. <laughs> So it's weird to, multiple takes. to think about that all being played out, and then obviously in the the when when you live, that you kind of nail it. But that's not by accident, is it? I just couldn't imagine, and it has gone wrong before on TV. Even if I was a TV chef cooking, mm. is that, that's all live. Simon Rimmer's the chef, isn't he? Was he cooking live? Like whipping up I, I'm not sure. I imagine he'd be doing some of the things live. I think there'd have been like a, a pre-made one. Or, or Here's something. one I made earlier. It's not yeah. kind of a myth like they're actually are doing that because I mean the pressure that they're under to do that. I remember that. John Tarot on this morning setting his uh, like tea towel on. Oh yeah, that's the they were interviewing thing, him in the background. I think it's an absolute nightmare, and stuff like that would tend to go wrong more often than it goes right. But in the final edit, it goes right more often than it goes wrong. Yeah, it was surprising really because I watched the rehearsals and there were a few mistakes in the rehearsals and they were changing the script in the rehearsals. But actually, I think as far as I could tell, live it, the bit that I saw anyway it looked like they, they got all spots on the the, yeah. the live time that they did it. Um, but yeah, then it was. It actually went really quickly. The the two hours that I was backstage, it went really, really quick. And before I knew it, I was on. And you sort of have this moment of like, you're in the sort of room outside of the set. So yeah. some doors, like you're in the corridor almost. And I'm sort of talking with the audio people and like the, the guy who's the sort of on set producer, I think. And I got a little bit of like a makeup sort of thing on just so I wasn't oh. too shiny. Not like not full makeup, but just like a bit of like powder. It was like anti-glare yeah. powder type thing. Interesting. And then before you know it, like the door opens and you yeah. sort of push towards the director. And I think she was a director, I don't know what official term was. She was directing, so I assume that's what she was. Uh, uh, and then she's like, right, you're, you know, get ready. And you obviously trying to be quiet because they're on air. Yeah. And then you, then she sort of like goes, right, okay, so yeah, you're going to go behind this camera then in a, in a second. When I tap you on the shoulder, you just move into that spot there. And like across on the floor for me to go stand on to do that bit where I'm looking at the camera. But at this point though, were you nervous? Like, well, because I suppose to an extent for you at this point, because the end goal was always producing a video out of this, mm-hmm. a terminal long video where you could tell the story of how you shot to, you know, you became viral, shot to 
to fame, I suppose, is the word. That's like that's that's we'll go, we'll go with that. We'll see how long it lasts. Um, <laughs> it's over. It's over. So, <laughs> so by this point, you've got everything. You've been in the newspapers at this point. You've done Heart FM or whatever. Mm-hmm. So you've probably got enough content for a video. And now they've invited you in to go on TV. So by this point, there's not really much to be nervous about necessarily, because even to an extent, if it goes a bit wrong, that still makes for a funny kind of narrative arc in the in the video anyway. And you, I don't think you naturally not kind of a flappable person and you're quite comfortable in front of the camera obviously being a youtuber but were you kind of a bit jittery going on being like oh this so, is national tv so to be honest i wasn't nervous because uh, everyone made me feel quite comfortable actually so i felt pretty comfortable um but i there is that sort of this is a foreign feeling kind of thing so it wasn't butterflies because that yeah. is more sort of nerves and yeah. sort of oh god like that kind of thing i wasn't shaking or anything like that which even you don't even have to be that nervous to sort of have a little shake about you, I've found. So yes. sometimes I have had that before. It but... can be adrenaline, can't it? Exactly, well, yeah. This was more just like a tingle sort of feeling of like, oh, this is new, new experience, sort of a different thing. But yeah. I've found that if I've trained myself to sort of like lock in on conversation and forget everything, particularly like mm-hmm. with the um, the newspaper interview with the mail I did where we got yeah. a photographer and everyone's looking at us and everything like that, my sort of focus is just tuning on the conversation. So I didn't even notice really that the cameras were there. I obviously knew they were there because I walked past them uh, to go sit down in a chair. But I'm not looking at that, focusing on that. Didn't even see them whilst I was on air because I'm just so zoned in on Steph. Yeah. So um, you've got to try and get out of your head in that moment and just be in that moment with the person you're talking to. When you start thinking about things that are external to the conversation, that's when you're not thinking about the conversation itself. And that's when you maybe buckle under the pressure a bit or maybe she says something to you and you're not necessarily fully invested and and focusing on that on that conversation i suppose you just got to train yourself to be really present in that moment so i wasn't like i wasn't nervous really it was just that sort of this is new kind of thing um even though i knew that this bit before the break was coming up and i knew that this was going to be like the most embarrassing thing i was probably going to do out of out of my parts i knew this was probably going to be the most sort of oh guys are going to be a bit a bit weird but even still I wasn't that so nervous about it because I was kind of like oh I'll get through it you know it's not, not the worst no. thing in the world it'd be funny for the video anyway how how did you react when they asked you to because obviously we you've referenced a couple of times this bit that you had to do to camera before the ad break and how would I describe it besides using the word bizarre which it was wasn't it I mean I dread to think what your reaction was when they told you how to do this but basically you had to stand in front like looking into the camera with Steph she was sat behind you you stood up she was sat behind you and you was looking into the camera but they were kind of fading out to go to an ad break. So you were there for a good maybe 10, 15, 20 seconds as the mm-hmm. camera kind of panned around and you were there looking into it. When they told you that you had to do that, were you not like bizarre? Yeah, well, what you do on the daily, is it this? I had it described to me because obviously they've got like a, a sort of a sheet, like a script almost type of, type of thing of like what the show is going to look like. And I had it sort of described to me. I was a bit like, so yeah, this is going to be at least 10 seconds of me just looking at the camera basically then. And they were like, yeah, we kind of want you to sort of wink at the camera, like sort of yeah. try and be, be kind of like flirty towards the camera maybe a little bit because of the... As that's happening, there's one of the sort of male comedians who's also like one of the guests uh, on there is sort of doing a monologue to camera. Like, you you know, ladies, you can get in touch with Ed and after the break, we'll have a chat with him and that all that kind of thing. Ah. So he's doing that and I'm supposed to sort of be looking seductively down the camera lens. 
And I was like, I'm not going to do the wink because that's just like a bit too much. No, that would scupper your chances with everybody that's reached out after having seen that billboard and emailed you if they saw the wink down the camera after 10 minutes. Yeah, I mean, can you imagine me going... Definitely staring. Like that. Like, that's just going to be so sort of cheesy and it's just, yeah. I I have. I would and I have made a fool out of myself for the benefit of my friends before what on the night hour weather. But on national television, you are taking the piss with that, are you really? Yeah. That request. Maybe not. Maybe not. <laughs> That's the thing. That was the only thing I was a bit like, oh, I don't know how I feel about that, but I was kind of like, I'll just make it my own kind of thing. So I think that was probably the best outcome out of the sort of different options. The, the other option was I just stood there and looked at the camera for 10 seconds and smiled, <laughs> which would have been more awkward, I think. I say you played it off well. It comes off well in the video as well, which is where you know, people can go check it out if they want to see. I'm sure it's still on um, Channel 4 on demand, though, if people oh, yeah. want, to the, want to watch the full two-hour show, is it? Something like that. Yeah, I mean, it's quite near the start as well. It's only like 15, 20 minutes in, so... Yeah, so they do. They get the best stories out of the way first, and then they get on to the, the less kind of consequential stuff. Simon Rimmer dicking around in a in a kitchen, or something like that, cooking some halloumi sticks. But yeah, it was it was uh, it was a really good experience though. Obviously, after the break, then I sat in the chair, and um, obviously there's there've been people in the chair before then, so I get like a little round of applause from everybody like during the break. Yeah, who for... were they? The the grannies. Who are the, the old grannies sat yeah. there as well? Who are they? What? So this is the thing. They have like an audience, but they call them, I don't know whether it's like this. It's not the Steph's family, but they they call them a family, basically. And I think it must be like a recurring set of audience members. The lunch but, ladies. Like yeah, it's something <laughs> just something like that, genuinely, something like that. Um, but yeah, there's some some of them are old ladies and some of them are like middle-aged people. But a few of them, I think, also work on the show. As like people they've been on planted set. there, they've been planted there. I think so, yeah. Like so hype, like, hype people, like applause people. Yeah. That's the thing; they're all sort of told, like, yeah, be enthusiastic <laughs> and that kind of thing. So that's all quite unusual, but it helps because it adds a little sort of backing laughter. But it's like yeah. in the studio. I just imagine that it would echo, wouldn't it? If it was just you and her in there as well, and there was no kind of atmosphere, it would kind of echo off the walls in there. So yeah, it makes sense. That's why people have studio audiences, isn't it? Yeah, just adds adds a little bit of something. Average age was about eighty, judging <laughs> by that clip, though. But <laughs> did you see though? There was one of the one of the older women was like pointing at the like the oldest woman, be like, "Oh, she's been nonstop talking about you," kind of thing. <laughs> like that, and I, I was I pointed at her. You didn't, you didn't see on camera, but I pointed at her like, "Oh, maybe that kind of thing." <laughs> Um, so that was quite good to sort of riff off them a little bit yeah. Um, but yeah everyone was really nice like all, the, all the guests seemed really friendly um, I think they could tell that it's probably my first time on live TV yeah. and so you know, everyone was really um, really nice and just a good atmosphere generally really it was, uh, it was nice that it wasn't too hectic it wasn't so uh, sort of high pressure it just felt really sort of comfortable and it helped it was in a location I was familiar with you know I passed to go to the local Tesco's as well yeah not not far at all from where you were and by that point obviously everything was basically in the bank regarding the video so it wasn't like Mm -hmm. a do or die this is the only media appearance I've had I better make it funny for the purpose of the video and Steph's lovely Steph's lovely full stop yeah I mean Steph I I spoke to Steph it's strange really because you're during the break, you're sort of sat there in your in the chair waiting for when you come out of the ad break. Is she there um, as well? Just that like opposite you just Yeah, so Steph sat in the chair as well, but we're not <laughs> talking. Presumably because we want to keep the conversation for the, the chat, I assume, but she's like on her phone messaging, like in in the ad breaks and stuff. Right. And like she's obviously got people in her ear talking to her as well. So it's difficult because she's got people never, in the gallery. I never understand. And I I can see it on the news when they got people in their ears and you can tell that they've got somebody in their ear talking. I remember watching watching ICV news and they butchered the statement that the Queen had died because you could tell that the newsreader was having it through her ear. 
somebody was reading it line by line. So she would say the line, pause while the guy fed it to her through her ear started reading it out again. Oh, God, that's not a good delivery, is it? I, I just can't imagine having to conduct this interview, say, with you when I'm her, and I've got somebody in my ear going, right, you've got 10 seconds, let's wrap this up, as she's trying to actively listen to what you're saying, think about what she's going to say in response as well. I have this too many plates spinning at once for me. It really is Such an a art difficult form. skill. Mm. Surely. Really, really but tricky. She's a consummate professional. Yeah. Um, I, I think I think the chat generally went quite well. I was trying to keep it as light as possible, um, and I was just sort of try to have a couple little jokes here and there just to sort of break things up and it was always going to be sort of quite a lightweight sort of fluffy story wasn't it so it was it was always going to be one of those sort of chats and I think it went fairly well I wasn't really too sure when I was sat there how it went yeah I watched it back and I was like okay this isn't too bad actually I think British people in general really love like self-depreciating humor and that's basically what this story is isn't it because you're plainly I'm a guy that's had to get a billboard because I haven't had the success on dating apps and they're kind of like you know, with this face and everything, everybody was, ah, and then they go, no, nah, you look lovely. Amanda Holden was all, Amanda Holden was gagging for it. Holly Willoughby was gagging for it. I can't believe, herself was gagging for it. I can't believe how many middle-aged women have, have shown interest. Honestly, I've never had so many people say to me, oh, well, if I was 20 years younger, that kind of thing. <laughs> the amount of online comments I've seen, the amount of people in person said it. The woman that I was talking to backstage, she yeah. said it. She said, oh, I'm nearly 50, but if I was 20 years younger, you know, my daughter's 27, but, you know, I, I couldn't, I couldn't be dating you kind of thing. So, yeah, the amount of people that said that was just really bizarre. I mean, if to be fair, if I had a thing for middle-aged women, I probably wouldn't be filming this podcast right now <laughs> because I'd be out. There's that many that I've got there in contact. There would be a big, long list worldwide that many. of people for you to make your way through. Yeah, and I would I'd just be busy every night forever. Yeah. I mean, um, we said it. We did say it a couple of weeks ago. Maybe you were born in the wrong generation. I can't remember <laughs> what we said it in relation to. I think it was like social media, something like that. And it's obviously it's ringing through because uh, I think maybe the older generation are, uh, you know, they want a bit of you, it seems. <laughs> and the Daily Mail comments section as well. But okay. even even like older people as well. So the girl that I went on the date with, uh, she she lives with her granddad. And basically she as she was leaving to come to Leeds for the date, uh, she basically just couldn't be bothered explaining to him like what what why she was going or what she was doing that night so she just went oh, yeah, i'm going out with some friends uh, and then anyway the next day she later explained like what she did the previous night and her granddad was like oh yeah i saw him on the news yeah the billboard guy yeah i saw him <laughs> so he knew about it <laughs> so he knew about me from the billboard already without her explaining we don't bandy around the term fame lightly here, do we? <laughs> don't it's really cut through. I saw him on BBC Breakfast. Talk yeah, about so him this morning, Steph's Pat Lunch, Heart FM. It's been everywhere. And I had yeah, someone else say their grandma would see me and thought I was ace from the billboard thing as well. <laughs> I don't know what it is with the over 50s. I just, I don't know. I think it's the hair. It's non-threatening my hair, I think. It's Maybe. Like the colour of it. At least now you don't have to feel the same questions that you've been fielding from journalists on the phone from people that are wanting to get in touch with you from Steph on Steph's pat lunch you know it's, it, they, it's answering the same question about 10 times over isn't it same yeah. set questions I don't think exactly people, people generally don't believe that it's your first date it seems because that is where they kind of be like what like, if you've not been on tinder you know use dating apps and then you go around with a face like this like, oh. <laughs> this is the thing though people it is the same set of questions which is why i was pretty comfortable going on steph's show because i was like yeah. it's just gonna be the standard questions so i've already answered these so many times now I, I, the researchers oh my god like i get that they've got to be thorough in the job and make sure i'm not a nutter not a terrorist or whatever but like 
it's just three times before going on stage. <laughs> That's the same question as three on three separate phone calls. Imagine across three if you, weeks. If you sit there on live TV with Steph McGovern and the first question she throws at you is, so if you were Chancellor of the Exchequer, how do you sort out this mini budget fiasco then? Is that the blue? <laughs> yeah. Talk about that. It's a bit, bit of a curveball. Why exactly. not? Just phase him. Let's yeah. try and phase him. Let's, let's throw him off a bit. But it is the same set of questions. So all I had yeah, to think, I wasn't, I wasn't thinking of like pre-prepared uh, answers to anything particularly because I was like, I've sort of been asked this anyway before. So I sort of know the direction I'm going with m- with most of my answers and I'll just sort of riff on, you know, the same sort of general answers I've been given. Um, so hopefully I'm going to have a break from that now. I think now the yeah. video's gone out, although there are um, people who want to do a follow-up and like Ed's found a date. Let's, let's do another oh, really? article it does, this. It does make sense because you kind of depart the story at the most alluring part. I mean, there's a whole TV show out there, First Dates, based on people going yeah. on their first date and filming that and seeing how they interact and whatever. So it would be weird of them just to not show interest post-billboard because they're like, hey, this guy's got a billboard. He's really desperate. He's never been on a date before. And then you get one out of it. People will want to know what happens on that. Surely, naturally, you would think. Well, that's the thing, yeah. So, I mean, I'm just a bit, like, exhausted from all the media sort of stuff, really. It's not really me. I'm not really fussed about by it. I only did it for the video, like, the media side of things, like, just to make the video better. So, I don't know. They'd have to pay me a significant amount of money, I think. You're not (laughs) not going in the jungle this winter. You're going to say no to that. I can either say nor deny whether I am or not, okay? (laughs) I don't know. I can't say. I might be. He's having a hiatus. Might be on a hiatus before I go off on a plane somewhere. Who knows? Get yourself out to Dubai and just chill with the rest of your influencing (laughs) lot before committing to anything. Did I tell you that I've been invited on a Channel 4 dating programme? You did, but in passing. And this this is why it was very casual. And I was like, you got to slip that in there. Like, yeah, I've been invited. It's a new dating show. And so on. As you do. As you do. Yeah, it didn't really go. As long as it's not naked attraction, I'm not bothered (laughs) with that. And I'm swerving away from that. Well, he didn't really go anywhere beyond that that email, to be honest. It was just someone from Channel 4, like a casting producer, whatever they call them, um, saying we've got a new dating show coming up on Channel 4. We'd love to cast you on it. Uh, as like sort of uh, singletons that can't find a date. I mean, you know, something really original like that. I was going to say, it's a fresh play. idea, isn't it? They've really yeah. reinvented the wheel with that one. They really have. Um, but we didn't go any further with conversations than that. I don't even think I responded to me. I can't remember. So it was, it was, it was a new show. It wasn't like an established Yeah, so a date. new show. Yeah, so look out for any Channel 4 dating shows in the next 12 months. And then Love Island next year as well. You know? yeah. That's what they should do. And we said that when we did an episode about, I think it was about fame, wasn't it? And yeah. we said that Love Island would be better if they had normal people on there. Mm-hmm. Because I think you qualify as a normal person. It would be a lot more interesting seeing you interacting with the people that are pretty much normal in a villa than these kind of pristine, you know, guys with six packs. And are you saying I'm not pristine, pristine with a stick? Pristine, with a pristine, pristine white. If you did, you wouldn't be going on your first date at, at 20. Years, <laughs> you know, that's so that's so the media have had me believe anyway you know, with their narrative and everything but it would be a lot more interesting to have the to have you on a, a proper a proper reality tv show shall we say yeah i don't know whether, whether i can bother they have to pay me a lot of money i think <laughs> a lot of money six figures well they're clamoring for you now aren't they they're clamoring for you yeah but yeah i mean there has been talks about doing like a follow-up um interview type thing this is the thing they want to get involved the the girl i went on the date with lisa and i'm yeah. sort of a little bit reluctant to do that because 
I know that I'm fine with anything that could come from this, like any negative comments or whatever. I know I can deal with that. I'm not inside somebody else's head. So I don't want to push someone or put someone in that situation, which they might not be suited for. I'm not saying she's not, but I'm just saying in general, like I would feel a sense of responsibility if I was to do that. Even if she said like, yeah, I'm okay with that. It's kind of like a case of, do you actually know what you're letting yourself in for though? And then when, if you know, these hateful comments, because we saw, we touched on it last week. And it, it still obviously rings true now that people, when they're on the internet, just really go hell for leather and don't really think that these people that they see on TV or in the newspaper, there's a real person with feelings that might be checking out this article and reading these comments. You've got to be made of, of thick skin to be and a also, public figure. You've got to bear in mind, I've been doing this for 10 years now. So I've had enough sort of like run ins with these types of comments over the 10 years. I mean, like I'm sort of able to take this now after 10 years. If someone's not been in sort of had the experiences I've had on YouTube, getting loads of people saying things about you, the Jackmate shout out, which brings positive positivity and negativity, even all that kind of thing. If you've not had that, then. You, you might not necessarily be able to deal with these things that eat that well. And there's no way of me knowing that, is there? Just imagine walking down the street and a random middle-aged bloke coming up to you going, you're ugly, you know, whatever you, whatever the comments are. Your ears stick out a bit too much, something like that, something that horrible people say. I'm trying to not say things that people said about you in, that, in, the, in the Daily Mail. Which were largely nice, though, to be fair. It was. I couldn't believe how nice most of them were. It's the negative ones that garner most attention, though, and I think it's why the negative commenters do it, because they get people commenting on their comment going, you all want to talk hiding behind a you know an anonymous profile commenting on a daily mail article you massive fat virgin you know, <laughs> and then all kick it off and then people downvote it and then it gets you know the most kind of traction so the internet basically is a race to the bottom and it's it's not new it's not novel but it doesn't mean that people should necessarily put themselves out there and then be immune from the kind of backlash that they get if they get that so you would have to be careful with that one Yes, that's why I wouldn't I wouldn't want to make this a whole sort of thing of getting other people in, involved in this, you know. And also, if it does become something more serious, then I definitely wouldn't want anybody, you know, any sort of public, um, like, in, interference or knowledge of it, that kind of thing, because it's private life for a reason, isn't it? So there's a bit of both of those things going on there where I'm not really that keen to sort of push somebody else into that or put somebody else in that situation. Yeah. And I did, and there's been some like interesting offers flying around. Like somebody offered me to do like an article for a woman's magazine about oh. my dating, um, or sort of, I was going to say dating life, but more about like how the, my struggles with dating, I guess you could yes. say. But again, I said no to that just because you've got to say no to some things. Like it takes time away from doing the video and that kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But so, you know, it would be interesting. I think that that's a more interesting offer than the dating show offer because then yeah. you could. It could be a love letter to women in general, couldn't it? From, you know, right, I did say yes to, to it initially, but it, then I realised I was like, oh, I'm going to have to say no to some things here because yeah. I, it may well have delayed the video going out. I, I didn't know the timescales or anything like that. But it would have been interesting. Maybe I'll go back to it, I don't know. How was the, the date itself then? Because obviously this is the fruit of the billboard, basically, the fruits mm-hmm. of your labour. It's obviously, it's it's in the video. The video's been released tonight, hasn't it? 7, 7 yep. p.m., isn't it? Yeah, the video. That's out there for people to watch. It looked like a laugh, you know. It was a nice little highlights reel at the end of the the video of this date. It looked like a laugh, was it? Did it was it as good as it looked? Yeah, it was. It was really good, actually. Um, really, very. It was a very easy date, to be honest. Like it was. I, I spoke to her. I think the night before on the phone, we had a quick chat, and that really sort of eased the nerves. So I didn't really go into it with any nerves because I got the yeah. feeling that 
okay, she's she's going to be a laugh. Like she's going to be easy to get along with. This is going to be fine. Uh, and she was exactly that when when we got there and we just got on really well. We hit it off pretty quickly. And one thing that isn't clear in the video, because I sort of altered the video a little bit to make it look a bit different, um, is first of all, like there was a bit that staged, like us, us greeting, that's a staged bit. Right. Um, yeah. yeah, we had to stage that bit because the camera guy was like a couple of, got there a couple of minutes after we did. So right. we met before camera was there. So like logis- logistically. Yeah. And it would have been weird if we just started filming us having a conversation at the bar. Like there needed to be a greeting. So we had to stay to that bit. Um, we'd, we'd met five minutes earlier. Uh, and then the other, only other bit that was different is we actually did, after we were at the bar, we then did karaoke first rather than bowling. So oh, actually right. karaoke was the, the first bit, which was actually a really good icebreaker. It was like but a re- really good way of breaking a, the ice. I, I, you know, I'm... It's easy going as they come, but when it comes to karaoke, I just got this mental block. I don't usually do it, but you were singing the house down the boat of you, a bit of Robbie Williams and a bit of Rock DJ. It's my sure. first time doing karaoke. Yeah. It's my first time, so it was good. On a, on a video after a national kind of billboard campaign with national media attention. Yeah. You're on this, there's, it, that's brought this date along, and then you're on this date, and that's the first time you choose to do karaoke. And I was, it was a pretty... Uh, it was Unleashed. A, pretty mad one but uh yeah it was a really good day actually it was just really nice easy to get along with she was fantastic um she got exactly what what we wanted to do and it's, it's a weird one because obviously it's a date but it's also a youtube video and it was always gonna be difficult balancing the two that's why i did the montage with the bowling thing i tried to keep it quite fast paced there wasn't loads of us chatting in the video either because there wasn't actually a lot of footage of us chatting to be honest i had to go through um so i only put the bits in that were sort of I, I thought would just show us in conversation basically um, but we obviously we spoke loads but most of it wasn't on camera yeah it was like a little highlights reel of yeah in the restaurant ordering a drink this is us bowling this is on the karaoke this is us saying bye walking was, off yeah it was sunset. it was always going to be difficult like to do a sit down meal sort of conversation because if you think about it the pace of the video so far at that point is quite quick yeah it's quite a quick video because i'm covering three weeks in eight minutes or whatever so it's quite a quick pace to then suddenly slow the video down for 10 minutes 15 minutes and do a date would have been yeah. just too much it would have looked a bit strange it felt like two separate videos and so to create some degree of continuity between the two bits it had to feel a little bit quick but the whole video is building up to that point so to then slow it down with the pace and then just have five or ten minutes of you sat in a restaurant chatting with pretty you know banal kind of conversation standard first date stuff wouldn't have been much of a compelling watch compared to here we are in a, in a restaurant here we are breaking the ice ordering a drink and then we're off we're doing a bit of bowling or whatever I'm good. She's shit. I'm shit. She's, you know, that kind of that kind of dynamic or whatever, and the laughing along, and then to the to the karaoke for a, a medley of, uh, of classics. And I thought that worked as the the best way of sort of like ending the video was the karaoke. Rather, I mean, end, I couldn't end on the bowling, which is actually how it ended. It ended yeah. with us doing bowling. Then we had pizza and just had a chat, a few drinks, or whatever. It looked like you got along really, really well from that kind of the end of the last like three minutes of that that video. She looked like she was game for a, a laugh, which I suppose you have to be. If somebody's coming to you, you know, we're going on a date, but there's going to be one guy with a camera there filming everything we do or whatever. You've got to be at ease with that because a first date is already such a charged kind of situation anyway. If you've never met, you've had the phone call, but you've never met before. And I take it that you haven't just gone on this date just for the sake of it, right? This is a kind of, we could potentially look a bit further down the line or at least at a, at a second date at least. So it's not just that I'll do this for the video and then that's it type of thing. It's a genuine 
first day. Yeah, for sure. So we, we've we're still speaking right now, like sort of conversation going on at the moment, and we're already talking about the, the second date. So so there yeah. is going to be a second date confirmed. That's yeah, we off camera, but yeah, there's going to be <laughs> imagine imagine if the, every single date you went, on, you'd be like Britain's answer to Kardashian all along. <laughs> yeah, there's a, there's a second date already. It's not organised or anything because no. she got she got a lot on the moment, but she's 100 percent down. I'm 100 down, so let's uh, let's do a second one. That's what we're going to so do. So it doesn't matter whether you go 23 years without a date and need to hire out a billboard by the side of a major motorway to get a date. You get the date. If you've got game, you've got game. It comes out, and it obviously came out. Exactly. Was it her first date ever as well? You said so she's been in relationships before, but it was she's always been in relationships with people that she's already been friends with. I think. It doesn't so get it if you're in year six, it doesn't count, does it? That's, that's well, no, I don't, I don't think it was as young as that. Right. But um, but no, she's she has been in relationships like for a couple of years, like not that long ago. Um, but she's just never been on like a proper, proper first date because she's already known the person. Yeah. So it's not not really the same as like meeting someone online. So it's was not no. not that kind of thing. Uh, so it was her kind of first time doing that sort of thing. Yeah. It's a weird situation to be thinking back to my first ever first date. Because you are literally, if you go for the classic kind of sit-down date, the kind of meal, like you guys did, you did other stuff as well. But it's not like you're sat in front of somebody that you, if it's online, you know vaguely, but you don't know that well. There's no kind of escape because you're sat down at a table. There's not much going on around you to bounce off. It's sink or swim. It's either, you know, chat or don't, or chat and have a bit of an awkward silence and be comfortable with it, or just go down like a lead balloon. Yeah, and I think we just got on so well that we just hit it off. It was really, she was really easy to talk to, and um, yeah, it just it was a really, uh, a really nice day, a really nice time actually. It could have quite easily just gone on for a few hours after. I mean, she even as she was leaving, she said like, "I feel as though um, I've known you for for ages." I feel like, you know, it's one of those where I just feel That's so comfortable nice. with you, and you know, could have spent another few hours with you. Just do the dirty on the cameraman, get rid of him, <laughs> run off. Run off into the night, go clubbing or something like that would have been yeah. a lovely cherry on top of that. So yeah, it was uh, it was a really good night, nice night, and we'll probably do uh, a second date, hopefully not not too soon. So that's an exclusive, you know, for all the newspapers yeah. following the story. Seth's packed lunch, they'll be all over it. <laughs> like Seth can't wait to be updated on that, can she? Well, no, that's, that's what, coming out of this. As I was leaving, like the crew were like, "You're gonna keep us updated, are you about this? You make, you know, keep keep us in the loop. Let's know how it goes." That kind of thing. I'm like, God. Texting them. Are you in the group chat now or something? <laughs> no, got a few of their emails. What's that? <laughs> um, but yeah, it's uh, it's been an interesting last few weeks. I mean, the whole sort of going at Heart Radio with Amanda Holden and TV and See, that's just they're brushing the carpet, that, isn't it? Yeah, that must be weird because you you're literally conducting a phone interview, but you're on radio you're on the third biggest, third biggest radio station in the uk or whatever it is mm-hmm. just chatting away about yourself with amanda holden yeah, like, and uh, jamie Theakston, and him as well who's a bit apparently famous he's playing <laughs> soccer raid playing soccer raid a few times mm-hmm. yeah so it's, it's been a whirlwind i'd describe it as the papers love that sort of word it's been whirlwind. a whirlwind a bit of a whirlwind yeah, experience I, yeah the it's things been... i would do for a compliment from amanda holden <laughs> What did she, she said you were, was it lovely? You have a lovely face. Yeah, something like that. One of them. She loves it, doesn't she? she yeah. It. She's gagging for it. It's a nicety, isn't it? I mean, just say whatever. Say it about anybody, yeah. Yeah. She wasn't going to go, oh, no, I agree. You do look a bit rough. She wasn't going to say that, was she? No wonder you've had to get the billboard out. Yeah. You need a billboard and a miracle. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I mean, the day, the day went really well. We had pizzas. Um, what else happened? I'm trying to think of anything in particular. I mean, obviously it looks 
it probably doesn't look that long on the video because it's like three minutes long or something, yeah. but it's a few hours. It actually went on longer than I expected. I think she must have left maybe, got there at six and left maybe 10, something like that, 10, half 10. So we'd have maybe like three, yeah, four hours. I thought it would have been done by nine, but we just spent so long chatting and eating pizza and stuff at the end. You just lose track of time when you're on a date. Yeah, I got kicked, my first date, I got kicked out of Nando's because we were there too late. I knew I'd make it about myself at one point, and then yeah. you got kicked out of Nando's. Yeah. yeah, because we just we just stayed talking or whatever well for about two or three hours after we had like the the food, and um, they were closing at half past eleven or something like that. And the next day, I just looked up the next thing that the, the restaurant was empty, and I was like, oh, yeah, we have been here for a good like four or five hours just talking. Well, you'd been talking. He'd been. Yeah, I, I was doing a lot of the heavy lifting <laughs> on that day. I do. It's always one of those where you're on a date and you look down at your food and it's half eaten and the other person's finished. That's when I know that I've just been yappering on too much. Yeah, that's a good uh, side, is that, isn't it? That's a good yeah, side. just a, food's gone cold and that's a waste. That's a waste of money. Yeah, it's weird, this whole sort of experience now, and I want to move this to a general point I'm going to make in a second. But these sort of sets of experiences, like going on staff pat lunch, I now think that experience yeah. means I could do any TV show in the country and not feel nervous. Mm, and that really? is quite a scary thought and statement to make. It's a scary thought for the viewers because we've just got used to seeing your face and now we're getting a bit sick of it and now you're going to be popping up on this morning. Oh, Jeremy Kyle, that. is that still going? Get on but, there. <laughs> Jeremy Kyle. But what I mean is I feel I would feel I think I would feel comfortable on any TV yeah. show now. And that's that's just a sign of like your um comfort, your yeah. sort of comfort circle. What's what's what, what comfort term? zone? I comfort know, zone. That's not comfort circle. I'm so tired. Your zone, this week. your zone could be a circle if you want. I'm so honestly, I need a few days off. Honestly, <laughs> knackered, mentally drained. Um, but your that comfort, date was it that date? Not, that what it was. Date. No offense. No offense. <laughs> but it's just my my comfort zone. Well, anyone's comfort zone. When you're in an experience like that, it's just going to grow and grow and grow. When you're in those sort of situations, and Steph's pat lunch was one of them where it's like. I've been on TV now. I sort of I felt really comfortable in the chair, like I didn't feel any pressure or anything like that. I now think I could take that experience and apply it to any TV show and just feel fine. Yeah. The same with the date as well. Like I wasn't nervous at all for the date, and that's a I think just a good sign that my sort of comfort zone is growing, which means I'm going to be able to do more things and feel comfortable doing them. And I think for me, another thing I managed to overcome was the mental drain of doing a TV show or TV in the morning and a date in the evening. Both the same, the same day. day. Yeah. That in itself was uh, the night before I was like, Oh God, this is going to be like really tough for me mentally. Cause I'm, yeah. I'm not really, I like to do one thing and then have a few days rest. Um, but I, I'll be honest with you, full transparency. I meditated for 30 minutes the night before. Okay. Yeah. 30 what minutes. Was that in preparation? You were, oh, Yeah. I think it was the night before. I think it might be. I think maybe the night before. Relax. Yeah, 30 minutes, which is probably the longest I've done before. I generally just do 15 or 20. And I came out of it, honestly, it was the most profound experience I've had from meditation <laughs> so far. I don't really do it that often. Yeah. But just sitting in silence, just focusing on my breath 30 minutes straight. I felt like it was 10 or 15. It went really quick. I often have it. It's the, the biggest, one of the biggest revelations I've had this year as well as the benefits of, of meditation. I have it where I do it for a short period of time, like 10, 15 minutes, like you, and if I feel as if I've just woken up, but I could be feeling, it could, it could get to mid-afternoon and I could be feeling absolutely better than I'd been up to 9am or whatever, which is rare. But I've been up, you know, I'm struggling a bit and then I meditate and I feel like I had a 20-minute nap. 
it's weird. I felt like a, a whole new person. I felt refreshed. It was like peeling back a new layer of skin kind of thing. Like it was, <laughs> I felt like a new human, like I'd, um, like when the Doctor Who sort of regenerates or whatever. Yeah. It was a bit like that. It was like, I felt like a fresh sort of new human. It was weird. I felt like just imagine that 30 minutes there yeah. just to focus on my breath in complete silence, then bought me a couple of days of just feeling... say It probably got you through the next couple of days of, you know, in, well, I mean, appearing on national television, then going on a first date for five hours or so. It probably lasted that feeling for maybe close to two days, I'd say, of feeling, and I know I, I use this word off camera jokingly to you, yeah. but feeling zen. <laughs> Have you, I'm actually going to use the word in a serious way. I actually, felt, I'm not used to this the serious use of it. it used to I, be ironic, but yeah, yeah. I actually felt zen for nearly two days, like probably 36 hours, something like that. From just imagine, just for doing it 30 minutes, then that gave me a lot of space. The positive experience on on the Steph's pet lunch that now any other television show, the experience can't be that much different to that because I mean, it's not going to be, is it? If you go this morning. Be able to sit there, they'd have to ask you the exact same questions in this situation or whatever. Mm-hmm. It would just be a different person asking the questions in a way, wouldn't it? Exactly. Yeah. So it'd be the exact, it'd be not obviously the exact same because it's down in London, but aside from that, you'll be sat in a green room, you'll have producers yeah. coming in, telling you what's going to happen, and then you go on the TV show. Like but, roughly, it's pretty much the same thing. There's no better way to ease anxiety about something than doing it for the first time. I feel mm-hmm. I've had it the same recently with job interviews, and it gives you confidence because you're like, oh, I can do that. Well, there must be. You get some positive feedback from it. Oh, well, you know, I know what to expect now. I can. It's showing yourself you, that, you, that you can do it and taking that experience forwards and kind of extrapolating from that experience is so important, I think. It's just that first step of actually doing it because I'm sure for you, it would have been far easier for you to say, well, I've got the newspaper coverage now and the radio bit as well, so I don't actually need to do the telly bit. Yeah. I was going to back out like the night before. It's been like, well, I can't bother with that. I said you actually did it, probably enjoyed it, got a lot of adrenaline out of it, funny clips, new experience, seen behind the scenes, milling around with, you know, minor celebs or whatever. It's actually a positive experience overall, isn't it? And it's exactly. an amazing story to tell. If I, if I think if, I, if I'm if i appearing on national television and they've got the first date like immediately after or whatever, that gives you a talking point, which ties into what I've said before about how people that do stuff are the most interesting people. It's one of the things I learned at uni, being surrounded by people that do stuff in those pair time extracurriculars. They're the ones that are always saying, oh, today I did this and I met this person do this and this was good and this was amazing. Whereas nobody's going to find it interesting if you say, sat inside all day and watch TV. Unless it's yeah. Steph's packed lunch. <laughs> yeah. Wallet but, but going back to the point we were we were making about sort of broadening the, the comfort zone, part of that is also about when you feel that feeling of fear, no matter what it is, whether it's a job interview, you know, on TV, or it's like, you know, a phone call or whatever, that when you feel that fear, that sort of feeling of fear, using that and sort of teaching yourself to see that as a as a thing to walk towards as opposed yeah. to shy away from yeah. and just like literally putting one foot in, in front of the other so not thinking about going on tv just think about waking up on time just yeah. thinking about leaving the house on time just thinking about getting there on time so just like putting one foot in front of the other and just slowly yeah. like putting getting it moving sort of the cogs a little bit because the last thing you want to do is, and, and I hear so many times of people not doing things, not taking opportunities because of some fear of whether it's failing or of like somebody think, thinking something about them negatively or whatever. Well, the unknown and, as well. Is yeah. A big one. The unknown and, is a big one. And the amount of missed opportunities and missed experiences. I mean, there's some ridiculous ones. I'm not going to name names, but I'll try and be as vague as possible with this. Mm. Um, you know, also the charity football match last, last year that I played in uh, down in London. 
Yes. Um, the Clash of Creators. There yeah. was a smaller creator who was invited to play in that. Right. And they turned it down, not because they didn't want to play, but because they didn't want to look silly on the pitch. Right. So they were basically fearful of how other people would view them playing football. Well, they're like, their footballing skill, not the ability. fact that they were a, a smaller YouTube channel. Or a no, ability, game. purely just about ability. Oh, but it's a charity nobody cares about. But obviously, I mean, if you've got it in your head that people do, then I can see Exactly. It. Now, so somebody, imagine turning, I mean, that for me was one of the best experiences I've had ever, perhaps. Like, it was such yeah. a great day, fantastic day, great to be around people or whatever. It was fear that made them turn that down. Fear. It was yeah. fear of how other people would view their footballing ability. And I just think, oh, how many experiences are people missing out on because of fear? And I get it. We've all had it. Like, it's a part of life. But, like, just try and put one foot in front of the other. Like, I've had that person sat back, though, and watched... <laughs> Lawrence and uh, through Geordie's stream over it, where they were sniggering at everybody there, thinking, thank fuck, I didn't go. Imagine if I did a step over and tripped over or something. Brian and <laughs> Brian and Lawrence laughing yeah. at me. Absolutely not. <laughs> but no, you raised, you obviously raised a, a valid, a very valid point there. It's about taking opportunity. I just I applied to, to my situation at uni where I moved colleges. So took myself actively out of the social group that I'd been used to for two years, basically in order to meet new people. And literally on the day, the first day that we were all meeting around like noon or whatever, we we're all going for lunch together. I mean, 30 or 40 of us that had also, you know, all moved colleges. And about 10 minutes before setting off to, to, to go, I was like, it'd be easier for me not to do this. Mm-hmm. What, because, and that was, for me, that was fear of the unknown. That's why I brought it up this time because it was, I don't know anybody there. What, I don't know what we're going to be talking about. I don't know the general ball bag of conversation. I don't know whether I'm going to actually get along with these people. It could all go down like a, a lead balloon. But it's about, not caring about whether it, if it does go down like a lead balloon or not, isn't it? It's about yeah. putting that foot forward and just going, you know what, maybe it could, maybe it couldn't. It's about being comfortable, I think, with learning to kind of laugh at yourself and learn from negative experiences. So if it does go down like a lead balloon, I could come to you and go, well, that was a fucking disaster and just laugh it off. And it's similar with your friend that was the creator. It's kind of like if he's shit at football, life's the most valuable skill is learning how to laugh at yourself. And that comes from confidence because from that point on you're basically infallible the yeah, worst thing that happened to you and it's just kind of like oh, well on to the next one it's a it's a superpower it really is and it's I remembering think- that reality the reality of what actually will happen is nowhere near as bad as what your head's telling you like it's just yeah. in your head like yeah. the, the things that you're conjuring up it's it's honestly like it's just happening up there it's not reflective of reality and even if the guy is like using that example even if he isn't you know comparatively bad at football compared to everybody else that's going to be there it's only really going to be him that notices that. Nobody yeah. nobody pays as much attention to you as you as the individual do. Because virtually everyone was bad at football there. Like, it's not as yeah. if professionals playing. Do you know what I mean? Like, you know, it's not, it's not, it's not, it's not a football, it's not a football trial, is it? It's about mm. perspective, about perspective and not caring maybe too much. So it is, it's good to kind of take it, take things step by step, I think. Yeah, and I just think the more you push yourself out of your comfort zone, it is sort of a bit of a cliche thing, but you do get so many good experiences out of that. And I think as a kid, you hear that quite a lot of, oh, you know, try and get out of your comfort zone and all this kind of thing. Like you sort of hear that rhetoric from sort of adults generally, yeah. and you sort of don't really even take, a, take notice of it. But the more I've realised that I've done things outside of what would generally be comfortable and safe for me, yeah. I found that, better experiences 
I develop some sort of skill individually as well. So I feel confident talking on TV now. That's fantastic, yeah. right? I've also, because I've had so many damn phone calls over the last few weeks, <laughs> I'm now a little bit more confident over the phone. I've said you got before, over that anxiety. Yeah, that we, maybe not um, completely, just, but yeah. I'm better than I was. Step by, it's about taking it, taking it step by step. Yeah. Sure. And I think you've got to think about the butterfly effect. So what will come from this one? You, you never know whether somebody was at home watching Steph's Pat Lunch that has got this bright new idea for a TV show that emails you. You might actually be down for it if it's a really kind of out there idea that's a decent original, shall we say. And then you could go on that game of well. exposure page. Yeah, but that's 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 top of the list. That's top of the list. But also, you don't know how many views you're going to get on this video that you put out tonight. You don't know how many subscribers you've gained or can gain potentially from that video going viral and from just doing these media appearances full stop. So mm-hmm. those are kind of tangible, non-personal to you, not like building character, even though that has, has happened. But those are kind of like numerical advantages to come out of this in itself, which is incentive enough to do it. Yeah. I think it's just learning to sort of like slowly step outside your, your comfort zone yeah. more and more because you you might not be aware at the time of what you're going to gain from it, but you can gain quite a lot from it. I just think I, I wasn't expecting us to go down sort of that route, to be honest, on this podcast. But I, I just I do think it's an important thing to to say because definitely. I've definitely seen it over the last few weeks myself. Yeah. And we took we touched on it before in the university, the like uh university kind of tips pod where we were saying say yes to more opportunities and you never know where it's mm-hmm. going to be as opposed to thinking of all the reasons why you should say no. If I hadn't have moved colleges at uni and pushed myself outside my comfort zone, I wouldn't have met a lot of my best friends, you know, people that I regard as best friends now and I've had amazing experiences with. So it's all about, at the time, you might not see into the future and go, you know, if I do this, then this will happen, this will happen, this will happen. Sometimes you just got to step in. you just got to jump in, dive in and then go with it. I mean, how many people have achieved things by playing it safe? Name me one person. Exactly. You, you can't because like, you have to take risks at some point. You have to do yeah. something that's outside what normal or people you'd normally do and outside your comfort zone in order to achieve anything. Don't you? Yeah, I think I'm lucky in the sense that I'm now, I wouldn't say naturally, but I would say now, one of those people that probably if I spend too much time not pushing myself, I get a little bit bored. I get a little bit restless, mm. a little bit impulsive, I'd say. But obviously some people are maybe a little more a bit more risk averse i'm not sure i know i was i mean up until probably it was only really at 18 where i started to sort of take more risks and do things out of my comfort yeah. zone a lot more me too it was a similar age though and i think it is it's down to perspective the the longer you live the more you realize i would say that if you do something and it doesn't turn out the way that you planned it, it's not a complete disaster whereas if you're 15 mm. and 16 and you haven't had that those experiences in general anyway you might think god this is massive if this doesn't work out i remember having football trials when i was younger thinking god if this goes badly Oh, shit, I'm not, I'm not going to make it as a professional. As if that was a, you know, a goal that was in sight anyway, as if that really mattered and that if I didn't make it as a professional footballer, there'd be nothing else out there. I mean, I was terrible at football. I wasn't even in set one P at school. So why was I putting pressure on myself <laughs> to go to these trials and become a professional footballer working myself into a frenzy? Because if it doesn't work out, there's no viable alternate career path. It was ridiculous. Mm, it just comes with time, doesn't it, I guess? It comes with time. But it's yeah, just, I, I think... I think it's just important to say on the podcast, maybe people heed this to maybe take a few more sort of, um, maybe risks, if you want to call them risks, but push themselves outside what they usually do and see what's yeah. you know, on the other side of it. I'm looking forward to driving down the motorway and just having the bill, every single billboard at the side of the motorway. Date me, date me, date me. Yep. With a face on it of a, a listener of the podcast that's now uh, searching for a, for a new partner. It's got to happen. Take that risk. Take that risk. It works. Wait. It's working. With, it's working. Yeah, I mean, even with the billboard video itself, the, I've had that uh, idea since 
maybe the start of the year or something, maybe last year, I'm not sure. And I, I put off doing it mainly because of where I was living, but also because I just thought, well, I can't afford to buy a billboard and no company's going to give me a billboard, are they? So I didn't even bother emailing. And yeah. it's like, and then I thought, well, we'll give this a go. I'll just send five emails. And within five minutes, a company said, yeah, let's have a call tomorrow. And before we knew it, I had a billboard. Yeah. So it was, you know, you've got to put yourself out there and try and do things as well. And perfect yeah, example of looking at a situation instead of thinking, why shouldn't I do this? Nobody will reply. Thinking, why should I do this? Because there's a possibility one might reply. It only takes one person to reply with that, you know, say, so yeah. have, have our billboard for a week or whatever. Perfect if example I'd... of it right there in action. Imagine if I decided to just not bother and not and just put it off and put it off and put it off and never done that video idea, you know, it's just one of those things, one of those things. Yeah, well, we go, we can hope that the video goes down well as well, because it is, it's a well put together, remarkable tale of uh, a social media viral sensation, all those buzzwords, you say, you know, a little whirlwind of a week and all that, isn't it? Yeah, it's been we'll a, an odd one. I think we've pretty much covered everything we wanted to cover, have we? I mean, about yep. the days you, and TV have, stuff and everything. Have you got everything you wanted to, to say? I think it's really like much past, more to say. Experiences with the media and everything. Yeah, I think that's pretty much everything. I, we, we won't drag this on any longer than it needs to go, I think. We did our podcast last week where we touched on a lot of things. Yep. Um, and I think, yeah, next week we'll be on to different topics. We'll move on as everyone life else hacks. will. Us. Life hacks next week. Yeah, we'll do life yeah, hacks. We'll do life hacks. More, and, more, more, more advice and more wisdom <laughs> yeah. both of us, to be fair. And then the week after, it'll be a year of podcasts. Gosh. Not next week, I'm, the week after. Time has flown. First of November it was, wasn't it? Since the first one. So time time flies when you're podcasting, so I say. Yep. Thank you very much all for your support. Um, appreciate you dropping a like and subscribing. Don't forget you can check out the Billboard video over on my channel. You probably see that already, I'd imagine. But anyway, right. if somebody's listened to like an hour of this, not knowing what the <laughs> Billboard was all about, they're going to be very, very, very confused. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> anyway, billboard? See what, you. what Billboard? What Billboard? See you next week, everyone. Appreciate you watching. See you next week. <laughs>